What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into... <coughs> I choke. I don't know. I inhaled something. As we slowly um, drown. <laughs> as, we, as we gasp for air. Not choking. Not in this month. We can't. <laughs> I refuse. I absolutely refuse um, to choke right now. But what I was saying before the <laughs> excitement of the episode overtook my throat, I was saying that I'm just so happy that you guys are here to listen to us talk about another movie that is highlighting Black History Month. Um, and we've got a doozy for you today. If yes, I do we declare do. myself. I would agree. This is, in <laughs> fact, a doozy. I mean, we've had some doozies. Like, this, where I feel like last year's Black History Month, we went down maybe the more serious route. Like, we, we covered some more, like, serious topics. And mm -hmm. then I feel like this month... It's been just kind of some wild and crazy rides. True. Movie, I feel like we, wise. <laughs> yeah, we made like an emotional journey this this month so far, mm -hmm. um, especially like coming off of like his house. You know what I mean? Like we, we, right. we got deep. We definitely got deep this month. We did. We did get deep. You're right. We started off deep mm -hmm. and then we were like, OK, but let's let's go ahead and just go into some. Some like a little bit more off the wall movies, mm -hmm. um, which had been on our radar for a while, had been movies that we had won wanted to talk about for a while, but just hadn't gotten to quite yet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, his house was one of those, definitely. But I think compared to like Antebellum last year and Get True. Out. And even Blackula, to a certain sense, like, don't get me wrong, Blackula is cuckoo kachoo, but, like, <laughs> I still even <laughs> think that that movie, like, had some serious topics that we kind of touched on in our episode. Mm -hmm. And then kind of in the vein of Blackula, because I, I feel like that is part, partly why we chose this movie is because of Blackula. Mm -hmm. And so... We had like, we had to have some kind of a Blackula follow up because that that right. was the, that was a well received episode. Every people seemed to enjoy that one, and we had a blast doing that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like I you would think, oh, there's nothing that's going to be kind of as silly of a like black vampire movie as Blackula and Vampire in Brooklyn was like, but wait. Check me out. <laughs> check check this out. <laughs> right. I feel I mean, I feel like for this era, when you're talking about black vampires, these are the two movies that you think of. Like you think Blackula and then you think Vampire in Brooklyn. Like that's 
That's right. It. Right. Because well, and because then when you start to get into to Blade, you start to get into the more serious. True. True. And Blade. Like, Blade. Blade's in there too. But right, but yeah. Right, but right. I would. But no. But I agree with you that I would Blade. I don't think fits in the same way. That Black Leela and Empire of Brooklyn <laughs> could kind of go back to back as Blade. You're kind of in a different mood. Yeah, Blade's a little bit more slicey dicey. This one's more like, come with me, my love. I me. love you, Blade. Yeah, this one is more like perm and prejudice. And then Blade is like... <laughs> perm and prejudice. <laughs> No, you're not going to skate past <laughs> such a banger line. Absolutely Cause not. Because they have, they have like, they drop a couple lines in here that kind of, you know, play with the racial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But it's, but other than that, it's pretty silly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> before we get, <laughs> before we get too much into the movie, Y'all already know what time it is. It is time for our shout-outs, our Black History Month shout-outs. Um, and so this week, we are going to be shouting out the Instagram Horror in the City. If you guys are looking to have more horror content on your Instagram feed, look no further. Um, this is a Black content creator who obviously has a huge love for the horror genre. I especially love reading their reviews and recommendation posts because I have found some movies and TV shows through them that I may not have heard of otherwise. You'll get posts that are throwbacks, favorite moments, favorite characters, like I said, reviews and recommendations of both horror TV shows and horror movies. What I really appreciate is there is an awesome mix of POC horror mixed in with you know, some more classic horror. You'll get new and older movies thrown in there as well. And it's just really nice to see characters highlighted that maybe you would not see on other accounts. So if that sounds right up your alley, please give them a follow. And my second shout out today is going to be for another podcast. This podcast is called Afro Horror. This podcast is hosted by Sharday, and this is a horror review podcast that celebrates black artists who are both in front of and behind the camera in horror. They do some awesome interviews with tons of different people who are within the horror community, whether that be actors, actresses, writers, or just, you know, diehard fans of the genre. They have some awesome interviews that they do that help you get a little bit more in depth or maybe behind the scenes information that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise on your favorite horror TV shows and horror movies. So if that sounds like something that would be up your alley and you're dying to get some extra little details about all things horror and also just hear from people who love the genre, then I recommend Afro Horror Podcast to you as well. Oh, and their Instagram is also pretty killer. Uh, They are consistently posting horror content on there. So go ahead and head over to their Instagram and give them a follow as well. So yes, once again, please go and check those black creators out. And as always, let them know the homies sent you and tell them what's up.
But I think let's just let's just let's just do it. Let's no, just do I it. I had to. I have to. We have to do like the vampire segue. Oh, okay. Like the you, you can do this. You can do this. Okay, but homies, let's suck it in and suck it up and talk about a <laughs> <laughs> talk about vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> Oh, this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be good. <laughs> I mean, if the guy, okay, once again, I think because we announced this last time we did this, we're recording a little bit later than we usually do mm-hmm. <laughs> for this episode. It's been a so, crazy week. Yeah, just just strap in. <laughs> well, all right, homies, you are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But like we said today, we are talking about. Vampire in Brooklyn from 1995. This movie was directed by none other than Wes Craven with a story written by Eddie and Charlie Murphy with assistance from Vernon Lynch starring Eddie Murphy as Maximilian, Angela Bassett as Detective Rita Veter, Alan Payne as Justice, and Kadeem Hardison as Julius. When an abandoned Caribbean cruise liner crashes onto the shores of New York, an ancient evil is released onto the streets of Brooklyn. Detectives Rita Veter and Justice are tasked with solving the mystery behind the recent string of grisly murders. However, It turns out that our offshore evil, a vampire named Maximilian, is searching for someone. And it isn't long before Detective Rita goes from being the hunter to the hunted. Insert vampire perms, ghoulish goonies, and questionable church sermons here. Our film concludes with Justice chasing down the vampire threat before he can sink his teeth into his beloved partner Rita. Unfortunately for him, it may be too late. Also, you know who this is? This ain't Nick Ashford, baby. This is Maximilian, alright? This motherfucker got a pussy surplus, don't you, baby? Solid as a rock. Hey, hey! Roll credits. Okay, so, okay, for, for let me ask you this first, because we actually, I don't think I knew this. It Was this your first time seeing this movie? I think so. <laughs> okay. I think so. And the only reason I paused for a second there is because I wasn't sure. I, I genuinely wasn't sure uh, because I've known of this movie forever. And I know of an Eddie Murphy movie where he's a vampire. Like, these Mm -hmm. two things, my memory clicked, right? Um, But even watching it, there were, like, some parts I was like, this looks kind of familiar. But I don't know. For all intents and purposes, fresh watch, I would say. Uh, But what about you? So I have seen this before, but it was, like, ages ago. Like, when I was younger. And I remember kind like i was watching it but i wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. you know it was kind of one of those things where i was on in the background yeah um so i didn't really remember very much about it 
I remember it being coming to America with fangs was like the (laughs) way that I continuously thought about it. Uh And the parts that I remembered the most were the parts that were with John Witherspoon. And then Mm -hmm. like the fact that Julius's body was rotting throughout the movie. Like those are the things that I remembered. Uh, Those are, well, that's what stuck out to me when I was a kid. Agreed. I, I was going to say the one part that seemed like a solid memory for me was Julius. I remember Ghoul Julius. I definitely remember Ghoul Julius. I remember. Ghoulius, if you will. <laughs> I remember Ghoulius. I remember the several parts of his body falling off throughout the movie. That part was clear as crystal. Like the mm-hmm. moment we got into his ghoul, per- ghoul portion, <laughs> the moment we got. <laughs> into his ghoul portion of the movie. I was like, this seemed really familiar. But the rest of it, I don't know. It could have been just too long ago. We're like, my memory. My memory only stretches so far. You homies probably know this by now. If it wasn't in the past few years, I don't remember it. (laughs) Right. Um, But okay, cool. So then let's just go ahead, jump on in to your folks. Wow, let me We're both there. <laughs> I will tell you, I am drinking a sassy little Coors Light, which Ooh, perhaps okay. wasn't my brightest idea because <laughs> I haven't eaten a lot today, but it is what it is. Um, I live life so, on the edge sometimes. Eh, it's a spicy night, so why not liven mm-hmm. it up with the um, most fancy of beers? The most exotic of beers. The bourgeoisie of beers. (laughs) Of course I. Um, But what I was trying to say was, Mm -hmm. let's get into those notes. So, Roshane, you know, I got to ask you, what's in your notebook? Oh, well, thank you so much for asking. Uh, The first thing I got here in my notes is... um, It is kind of convenient that there just happens to be a single offshore vampire. That was the first note that I wrote um, (laughs) in regards to our setup for this whole film, right? Mm -hmm. We get some spicy, uh, suave, debonair uh, narration from our boy Eddie Murphy, who is playing the lead vampire in this film. And we just, he essentially lays it down for us what the whole plot of this is. Uh, vampires have been hunted down by humans. Um, they've been bouncing about, and now there's none of them left except him, and then apparently one other vampire that conveniently lives in Brooklyn. How he knows this, I, I don't know. That won't be the biggest question of this movie by any means, but mm-hmm. it was something that I did write down. It's just a like, uh, okay, sure, movie, sure. Right. Well, it is a question, though, because... Later on, Max, who is played by Eddie Murphy, who's doing a Caribbean accent, I'm fairly certain, which isn't not important at all to what I'm about to say, but I, I <laughs> did want to let you guys know that. This <laughs> is something that I needed to say. Um, Max, when he's telling Rita, you know, about her her father and the whole backstory without a little bit later on, he mentions that it's through her father that Max knew about her. Mm-hmm. Her dad told her mm-hmm. to come, or her, her dad told him to come look for her. Right, right, right. But okay, so that means if if her dad got killed by vampire hunters to save her, their her mom, 
I assumed that that happened when they were still in the Caribbean and mm-hmm. not in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So if the dad died before Rita was born. How did he know? Where that... did Brooklyn even come from? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could probably argue. Um, first off, this plot is all over the place. I'm not going to pretend it's not. Um, this this script jumps and leaps and hurdles in several different directions. So defending any particular plot point may be difficult. However, uh, perhaps we could think that Rita had been born at this point already, and maybe there was just some news of the father's demise at some point, because based on some things that we hear throughout the movie from Rita, it seems like she did spend time with her mom before her mom went crazy. And it doesn't seem like she has memories of the Caribbean. So I'm like, piecing together that she grew up in brooklyn i could be wrong about that yeah no that's probably true she she most certainly grew up in brooklyn it's one of those things where it, it, this like doesn't matter at all in the great scheme no, of it, things. Do, it doesn't <laughs> their background it doesn't. thing but it, it is just one of those things where the most important thing about rita is that she is a half vampire half human mm-hmm. and that's really all you need to know about her childhood Fair. um <laughs> and that includes the characters in this movie because justice even says to her he's like you never talk about your mom she's like i didn't really know her i'm like so you don't but <laughs> but you know about her like you talk to her when you're scared the only thing that rita really has of her mom is a single article cut out that is like psychotic woman it dies in asylum alone <laughs> cold afraid and i was like oh my gosh she just holds it like this is my fondest memory of my mother <laughs> mama mama i'm scared and it's like yeah this- lone photo of her and basically a mugshot of her when she was in asylum <laughs> she could have responded to his question with it doesn't matter and the really plot would have moved on just as swimmingly as it was yeah. truth and be justice told. probably would have been like you're right <laughs> you're right <laughs> I'm, you're totally right now um, real quick real quick i don't want to just like start fully on a negative here because there is something that i kind of appreciate about the origin story of like where we're getting started with this movie just for a quick comparison to blackula since we covered that movie right mm-hmm. um for those that listened to that episode and recall some of my thoughts on that one i felt a little weird about the idea of like him being forced into um becoming a vampire and like something that was like kind of thrust upon him almost as like a slap in the face you know yes. um Whereas in this movie, I actually wrote down that although the origin story didn't like knock me out or anything, I did appreciate the fact that this time around, the vampire coming to the city was of his own choice and of his own volition. I was like, I like that. I like it not being something like, oh, he gets thrust into this world. He's like, no, I'm deciding to do this. Yeah. And Max is loving being a vampire. Mm -hmm. He's having the time of his life it is a blast from his perspective whereas in blackula being a vampire is a curse it's painful it's something that he 
hates that he is, but he needs, if he wants to live, then he has to continue to be a vampire. Whereas mm-hmm. in this movie, Max is is killing the game and killing the people, and he doesn't give a fuck. He's, no. he's like, this is where you want to be. This yeah, is who no. you want to be. Get with it or get lost, but you mm-hmm. don't have a choice. You're going to get with it. Kind of <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Like being a vampire in this one, like you said, it's not a curse. It's cool. It's cool to be a vampire in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like that much I actually appreciate. And that's something that I, I liked because I think it just it set the whole thing up with a different tone, which I think we will talk about the tone of this movie um, <laughs> yeah. later on. But one thing that was fun for me was the the lightness that did come with certain parts of this movie like mm-hmm. i liked that there was some vampire fuckery you know what i mean like i like yes. that there were times where he was just fucking with people because he could because he was a vampire i was like that's fun i like that i will say <laughs> for anybody who is a type of person who likes to know if animals die in a horror movie mm-hmm. um the dog <laughs> let's talk about the dog <laughs> am i terrible because i can't not laugh okay to be fair to be fair no 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 because <laughs> because i i the gasp i gasped <laughs> when that happened i was speechless <laughs> I went, oh, <laughs> and as I was watching it, and I just stood, sat there for a minute staring at the screen because both a dog and a cat die in this movie. <laughs> it is played to comedic effect. It's so obviously not an animal. Right. You know, it, it's like a puff of fur. First of all, the dog gets... The dog is barking at Max because obviously he can tell that Max is not human. And Max kind of speaks to the dog through his telepathy. Mm -hmm. By the way, Max has just every power, just everything. He can do whatever he wants. Yes, this is like the vampire lore when vampires have multiple power or like different powers that they can do where they're almost these all-doing, all-knowing beings, wherein some vamp- you know, some vampires, they have, like, rules to their powers. In this one, Max, he has rules, but he still is able to do a lot of stuff. Like, I don't even know if we saw the extent of all his powers by the time he, he's done. Mm-mm. But, yeah, so he's talking to the dog in his mind, and in my head... I thought, oh, he's just kind of going to mind control the dog and make the dog maybe walk away or make the dog attack the cop because we do see him do that later to a human. He says what he says something like jump and the dog (laughs) rockets into the air, explodes into the air and and sparks come off of the dog and it goes into orbit (laughs) yeah it goes into orbit but then it comes back down in the river and it happened so quickly that the police officer that had the dog is confused in looking for the dog still not the dog i wrote that in all caps why did you why did that have to happen 
that was so aggressive for no the dog would have easily left you alone if you had just done your little did your little mind control thing Mm-mm, no it wasn't about winning it was about sending a message <laughs> to that poor pooch it's about power yeah <laughs> max is aggressive towards animals he, he is i mean but in fairness, he's aggressive towards pretty much anybody who kind of gets in his way, it feels like. Like, even the, not like the first, first time we see him, but when he takes down the mobsters, like, he comes in wholeheartedly knowing that he's about to end both their lives and their careers. Like, he knows. He knows. Mm-hmm. And there is something kind of endearing about that, um, kind of charming, the fact that he just knows he's the shit and, like, He's kind of just strutting his stuff throughout Brooklyn. That part is that part's kind of fun. But I have a question for you, and I'm kind of curious to know how okay. did you feel about Eddie Murphy the vampire? Just okay. general thoughts. Sure, let's talk about it. So when I was looking into this movie, I um first of all, let me shout out because a lot of the I did watch like some interviews on YouTube, but most of the information that I'm going to be referencing is from an article that hopesandfears.com did on this mm-hmm. movie. And in that, it talks about how Eddie Murphy, and, and also to Wes Craven has mentioned this before. Eddie Murphy came to Wes Craven. He wanted to make a horror film because, and he was a f- huge fan of Wes Craven's movies. And the thing about it is bringing Wes Craven on, he wanted to add an element of comedy to it that was not there initially because Eddie Murphy wanted to be serious. He wanted this mm-hmm. to be a very straight role, like his his Shakespearean element kind of a thing where he was being a very serious vampire, very commanding vampire, which is fine. My thought process, though, is that Max, to me, is the least interesting part of this movie. And I don't think that that's because Eddie Murphy is playing him as a straight character, because I almost feel like that has allowed other characters to be able to play off of that and have these huge personalities. I'm glad that not everybody is like that. And I think because of him being a vampire, It makes sense that he is more serious, more dark, more brooding. My only issue is I just feel like there's no nuance or anything else to it. He's just serious. And and that gets a little bit boring at times because it feels like every other vampire you've seen. Like he's not as... He doesn't command the room in the same way that William Marshall did as Blackula. Like, I remember watching that and I really felt like I got it. When he walked into a room and people were mesmerized by him or intimidated by him, I got it. Mm-hmm. And then even with the OG Dracula, the way that they... I, I do think that has a lot to do with, like, the lighting and the costuming and the way that they... <laughs> the way that he moves. But there is something certain about the way that he moves he like created a very specific character mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy as Max just feels like anybody could have played him and I don't think that that is how it should be 
if okay. that makes sense. Like I feel yeah, like yeah, no, it does, it does, it does. I feel like I wanted him to have a certain something about him. I will say that when he is opposite of Julius and they're playing off of each other, he's he's better when he's playing off of someone. Either he's yeah. playing off of Rita or he's playing off of Julius. Those interactions hold weight because there's more for him to do. But when it's just him being a vampire, it left a little bit to be desired for me. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of fair. Um, and basing it off of something that uh, you were touching on before, uh, this script to me, although Eddie Murphy is... I believe on record saying, yeah, he wanted to play a serious role for this. Clearly the script was written to be funny. Like mm -hmm. the, there's clearly comedic value and comedic elements in the script. Right. And oh, yeah. it's to the degree where it's like, this is, this feels like one big character movie. Like everyone's a character. There aren't a lot of real people in this universe for me. And I almost feel like the movie benefits more when you view it that way that it's a bunch of like character caricature people as opposed to real people. I think a lot of the jokes and the comedic value play a little bit better. And I think where the character of Max gets trapped is it's trying to borderline that caricature um, uh, funny vampire while still maintaining the elements of the tried and true Dracula, Blackula style of like debonair vampire. And it's almost like it's like tugging against the movie. Like it's going against the grain of where the movie's trying to go. Yeah, definitely. It's and I guess we can just kind of get into the tone of it now is I think that that is one thing that kind of hindered this movie because when it came out, it was not a success at, by any means. Mm -hmm. It was panned by critics. I don't think audiences really understood what it was trying to go for and i think that it is because i i you know they they wrote this script that was tonally fighting in some areas it it leans much more into the comedy and in some areas it leans much more into the melodrama and i do think that could be confusing for an actor if they thought it was going to be a certain way where if you're Eddie Murphy and you're going into this thinking, I'm going to play it in this straightforward vampire way. Mm -hmm. And then you continue to read the lines like that, even though the lines aren't necessarily trying to portray that. It then reads a little confusing mm -hmm. <laughs> on screen. And the, you know, this and the screen writers who came in after the Eddie and Charlie Murphy, the ones that they brought in to help uh, do rewrites afterwards, they mentioned that, that there were times when the actors were saying lines in ways that they didn't envision, and mm -hmm. they said they knew that was going to be an issue. Yeah. That's when they said they knew they had a problem was because they had <laughs> envisioned the tone a certain way, and the actors weren't totally they weren't realizing sure. that yeah yeah they're just like, like bro they, i get it <laughs> <laughs> it's like like what what am i supposed to do here like i i completely sympathize with that mm -hmm. and i i in the brief looking around about this movie that is something that i also saw pop up a lot is some of the writers coming out later on and being like essentially because eddie didn't want to do a comedic movie he wanted to do a serious role 
apparently producers were trying to push the writers to essentially trick Eddie into mm-hmm. into being funny in this movie without intentionally making his character funny right because like that i'm I'm, at this point in time eddie murphy is known for his comedy he's a comedian Mm -hmm. that's what people are going to go see him for that's what i think producers are trying to sell him as is a comedian and so they want to lean into that element and you know that's a difficult thing for a lot of creatives especially when you become a household name for a particular genre right it's it's really hard to break that mold that people set for you. And so this seems like one of those cases where like, again, he was trying to, uh, you know, tiptoe out of maybe what he's used to and try something a little bit different where the forces that be were kind of like, no, we, we would really love for this to lean more into what we know Mm -hmm. that you can do. And because of that, like you said, we have now this, um, hodgepodge this hodgepodge (laughs) and this this just complete air of confusion for probably everyone involved because like you think about the way most movies are shot as well as like they probably didn't shoot this in order either so they could have been shooting uh a dramatic scene one second and then go straight into a comedic scene the next day like only the people who were there really know like how this got made and in what order right so even further along in the process, perhaps some characters or some actors and actresses, like after doing a couple scenes, maybe picked up on the vibe that, of what this movie was trying to be. Mm-hmm. But at that point, they'd already filmed so much. It's like it's not like they can go back and just reshoot all that stuff that they filmed. Yeah. So you get kind of trapped in this, like you want to give your best performance on the day, but then you don't have a scope for what this movie is going to be when it's finally all put together. Yeah, definitely. And I will say for me, I think that I I really enjoy the tone of this movie. I feel like the mixture of the serious and the comedic actually makes it more funny for me in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um because it's not because it's not playing so hard for the joke at times. It comes much easier like the joke to me lands much more and maybe that wasn't intentional but that's okay like i still Mm -hmm. enjoyed it and i do want to say like i i do think it's a little bit of a a bummer i could see how that would be frustrating for eddie murphy to want to play this character a certain way and and everyone trying to pivot him to play a different way so i think that that's great that he wanted to do something different Despite that, I think that Eddie Murphy is doing a good job in mm-hmm. this. He's doing a good job being a vampire, but yeah. he he is a vampire in Brooklyn. But I don't think that you would you would say, oh yeah, Max is. I came here to see Max. Like if I mm-hmm. if I go back and rewatch this movie, I'm watching it for the other characters. And once again, that is just. That's kind of the nature of being the straight man is you're there to service the other characters. You're more of a vessel for them to play off of than you are, you know, the person that people remember. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of playing that kind of a role. But I think that all of the supporting characters are awesome. Like, I love Mm -hmm. 
There are, there are some <laughs> there are some great supporting characters. There are some great one-off characters that are like in the f- movie for just one or two scenes that still absolutely slay it. And mm-hmm. um I, that that goes back to something I was mentioning before is like this feels like a very character driven movie and I think that's one of the big charms of uh why I enjoyed certain aspects of it is just like watching these characters navigate certain situations was absolutely hilarious mm-hmm. like i loved i love the dynamic between julius and and um the late john witherspoon's character which by the way forgot or i guess didn't know that he was in this movie just like mm-hmm. it didn't click in my brain that he was involved in this and god what a gem what a he's gem of a human so he was. Funny and everything, but yeah, yeah, he he's great in this. He's hilarious, and and yeah, Julius is an awesome character as well. It, it's like the two of them. I do think it, you know it's smart to have a character that is the comedic relief. That's kind of the henchman as well. But I do I do think they use good doses of it they they have a good balance Mm -hmm. he's never too much and i was a little worried not to say his performance was too much i was just a little bit worried that he would be in the movie too much Mm -hmm. and then i would get tired of it but they do a good job of mixing their characters in and making them important enough to the plot where you want to have them around or i guess you need to have them around yeah but then funny enough where you want to have them around at the same that's, time that's right yeah i, I agree with that because i was even gonna say like whether or not he was too much like he wasn't he wasn't too much by any means but he was doing the most absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every time he was on screen he was doing the most and i kind of loved it about him and i loved almost like the escalation of that character too is not just um visually because that is a funny visual gag that every time we see him he's a little bit more ghoulish that is <laughs> very fun um but as i think as he gets more comfortable becoming a ghoul and like leans into this henchman lifestyle i think it like freed his character up and and him as an actor to just kind of have fun with that like when once you're fully committed to what the character's there to do I think it really allows you to shine. And I think the Julius character is a great example of just leaning into your role and playing the the, the part that you're supposed to play and what good can come from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, it's Eddie Murphy. So he plays multiple people in this, although he's technically always max he's just Mm -hmm. max pretending to be other people um which is definitely not something i was expecting but should have known that since it was an eddie murphy movie he would probably be playing more than Mm -hmm. one role um but you know i mean that's that's fun i do wonder so the preacher him (laughs) him taking over the preacher makes sense to me because i understand why he was doing that in regards to rita Mm -hmm. him taking over the guy in the italian restaurant now was that just him that was him trying to get her in trouble at work because how like i still don't understand how that got her in trouble (laughs) so first um 
the preacher scene was one of my favorite ones. The whole <laughs> preacher sequence was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And the reason being is like, I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if he meant to do it, but this was Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy. And mm-hmm. he felt so liberated in that moment, especially like after almost having the constraints of playing the serious role for, a majority of the movie like we finally get like a like a 10 minute break where he can just you know play around and have fun and it's just so enjoyable to watch like eddie murphy is so fucking funny um especially when he's doing these outlandish characters and the whole the whole setup with with um his sermon and all that stuff that that shit was gold that, that that's gold that's for you guys to watch on your own and see but um i got lost in that thought because i was like yo that's so good no i was just gonna Uh, say i read in that article that the that scene they had to rewrite it a little bit because eddie murphy felt uncomfortable saying some of the things i guess he was originally supposed to say he said it felt like sacrilegious to him fair um so they rewrote some of some of the lines and made it a little bit more of um a kind of like, like a catch-all in a way yeah it, yeah it, it reads more i think the way that it is now it actually reads like a possible so obviously he gets really crazy with it as time goes on but in the beginning i one of the notes i wrote was this was actually a pretty good sermon at first like his little <laughs> beginning bit was mm-hmm. actually felt like something that you would hear possibly in church until obviously he like takes it too far yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also his hair, his hair getting light, lit on fire and that goddamn <laughs> yeah. had me what in tears <laughs> the way that they say that god damn it in the movie and they're like god damn it i can't even look at the, the like, god damn it it's like maybe <laughs> drive the limo and shut your fucking mouth shut up Hey, man, can't do that shit, man. I'm driving, B. Shut the fuck up. Shit, I'm driving. God damn it. Because <laughs> even Julius says at the end, he's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, though. It, was, it made me laugh every single time. <laughs> it was so good. Um, oh, my, I remember now. Going back to the, the other character that he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the setup for that, right? was i think the setup for that was he was infiltrating that restaurant to find out things that she liked because like throughout the robbery portion he was Mm. finding out like oh what kind of pasta you like oh you like fushili or however you say that fushili fushili what is it okay (laughs) i'm trying to how do you say fushili i don't you know I that, even... that pasta? All Wait, right, now, we... hold on. What pasta are you talking about? Fushili? The pasta. Fu... You talking about fuchsia? <laughs> fuchsia? This is not pronounced fuchsia. fuchsia. No way. Fuchsia the plant? Hold on. Fuchsia. <laughs> now, wait. Say it, say, it, say it again. Fuchsili? Okay, use it in a sentence for me. Uh, That pasta is not linguine. <laughs> it is, in fact, fu- fuchsili. <laughs> Fusili? Oh, Fuzili. Fuzili. There's no H in there, is there? No. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> There's like I thought I thought you, there was like a CH in there, so I was spelling it like all crazy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is like um 
moniker all over again. Okay, all right. You know what? We're gonna <laughs> move <him>. forward. <laughs> but like, he's trying to figure out the things that she enjoys, right? And so he's like, you figure yeah. out what kind of pasta she likes, the kind of wine that she's she enjoys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is this the strangest way to go about doing it? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I feel like he may have gone into that restaurant with a plan and started making it up along the way. Um, oh, no, you're that actually makes a lot of sense, though, because originally, remember, he was going to try and be a waiter. He was going to mm -hmm. steal waiters yeah. identity. And then he ended up getting that guy because the guy tried to rob him. Mm -hmm. but, so he's like, well, guess we're going yeah. to plan B. OK, no, you're right. That OK, that makes sense. I for some reason, I thought. He was doing that to make her like get suspended from her job because he was trying to cut her off from all of her stuff. But I guess that was just kind of a bonus, <laughs> a bonus gift from this moment for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. There was there was some improvisation, I think, in Max's plan at that point. And like I I think it was established by then, too, that another thing he was trying to do is really create this divide between um between rita and justice because justice was kind of like the thing standing in his way from mm -hmm. keeping rita in his clutches so i think yeah it was just a bonus to what had happened he saw an opportunity to push their buttons even further and you know he did yeah and he definitely did speaking of rita okay was, let's talk mm -hmm. about angela Face card never lied. That's it. Because <laughs> she's looking. I mean, she always looks amazing. Gorgeous. She's serving some looks in this movie. I will say, I know we talk about the the Gail Weathers bangs in Scream 3. Mm -hmm. Rita's giving them a little bit. Mm -hmm. she's, she's giving a little bit of the bangs. But... I, it's Angela Bassett. Like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? <laughs> Ain't mad that she's in there by any means. Mm -mm. Uh, and yeah, she is serving it up. I What's interesting about her character to me is I, I enjoyed her character a lot. I really hated that she had to play by vampire tropes. That annoyed me through the movie. How so? What do you mean? Oh, okay. Um, so like... For instance, uh, one one note that I had, which you may disagree with, totally fine. I'm, I may be the only one thinking this, but for one, when we first get Rita and Max in a room together, the chemistry does not read for me very, very much. And I'm not talking about the, the ship thing, which that was a whole plot point in itself. Yes, they do straighten it out a little bit later on because one of my first notes with them is like, what do you mean find the girl? You found the girl. You found the girl on night <laughs> yeah. one. What What do you mean you're going to find, find the girl on night? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I will let that slide because they do at least make a, a reference to that in the movie itself. Um, but when we get them in like the club scene, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Like I really wasn't. And I think one, maybe something that was off-putting for me is I felt like, Rita was being played as such a strong character up until that point. And then her character is just kind of supposed to melt to this vampire's will and desires because of his abilities. Mm -hmm. And it just, the shift, 
I think may have been a little too drastic for me too quickly. I get what you're, okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. Speaking of that club scene, not Eddie Murphy throttling a <laughs> cobra snake. <laughs> <laughs> save her i was like that's i don't know what i thought when that scene happened i think i thought that he was the snake, the snake. Yes. i thought that too i thought he I, was the snake and he turned he just turned himself back to normal yes, yes i thought that i thought he did that to sneak in because i'm thinking oh he, because uh the doctor zuki zuko something like that i think it's zuki zuki because or zico 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 because Dr. Zico was there, I was thinking, oh, maybe he has to be kind of careful around him because he might be aware that he is a vampire. So I'm thinking, oh, he pretended to be a snake and he's going to slither his way over to Rita. And then, yeah, and he's going to appear, which it seems like that's what happens at first, because you get these shots of the snake breaking out of the glass and then it cuts over and he is there. He's just appeared there. Mm-hmm. But then the snake comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still a snake. I guess it's just under his mind control once again. There's another thing. Like, he really hates animals, I'm saying, because he, th- like, shakes the shit out of that snake. <laughs> and Rita's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Because the snake's just staring at her. Right. This highly venomous cobra that apparently the bartender or snake wrangler, whoever's supposed to be looking after this snake very bad at their job because there is a huge smash in that tank when were you going to notice that the cage was open for this creature and they were so casual about it when they came to pick up the snake like oh shit how'd you get out ah damn you could have (laughs) died lucky this guy was here not stanley my snake escaping again in the middle of my crowded club also (laughs) isn't it normally isn't it like a special glass that you're supposed to use on on kate like animal habitats and stuff so it's not just the same glass that you use on your ikea dishes that just like breaks immediately when it's struck it just seemed like that snake did a one-two tap (laughs) <laughs> and was ready. It was like, I'm free. <laughs> it was like, yes. But yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. It's their relationship is it's down to the vampire hypnosis, which is fine because it really calls back to Dracula. But I think for what they're wanting to do in this story, I would have liked to see more of Max being Max with Rita, because as it stands, most of the interactions that they have is Max being someone else. So we don't ever get to see them. We don't ever get to see that romance build. It really only happens in one scene. So I think that's maybe where you're losing the the chemistry. I do like in this scene where it kind of happens gradually where you kind of almost don't even realize that she's under his spell until justice says something. And then all the music comes back up loud and you realize that she was kind of getting wrapped up in this moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, later on it's, it's, <laughs> it's the dance. It's the dance <laughs> scene for me where, <laughs> where Rita is moaning and groaning and, grinding she is gone in that scene on max and and he's like say it (laughs) (laughs) 
oh man that that cut made me uncomfortable where he was like say it and she's like yes <laughs> and then it like cuts to the moon or something and she's like oh ah! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt like this since. God, I've never felt like this. How would you like to feel like this every night? Is that a trick question? To go to places you've never been. Yes. Drink the wine you've never tasted. Yes. I can give it to you, Rita. A world where no one laughs at you for what you feel. Uh -huh. What you see, what you are. All you have to do is just say. Say the word. Say it. Yes. Like, wow. Yeah, the the melodrama in this gets turned up to like a thousand in certain places. Yeah. And because I think because certain aspects of the movie are so funny, it lets me it allows me to let a lot of the melodrama slide. Because for oh me, God, they're just it. working. <laughs> in tandem with the comedy i love the melodrama those are some of my fa one of my favorite sequences is the scene after she's been bitten where justice comes over mm -hmm. and they're making out which they are doing and they are doing that that kiss where you just kind of smush each other's faces and move side to side which mm -hmm. is such, such a dramatic soap opera <laughs> kiss but yeah they're doing one of those kisses and her lipstick smearing all over and she sees herself in the mirror and then she disappears from the mirror <laughs> but i think the thing that i love about it is i just love the way that she runs in this movie <laughs> when her limbs are just flailing all over the place and she's mm -hmm. just consistently running in circles and almost getting hit by cars and she's like, ah! like in the streets <laughs> i was dude i was dying watching that scene and she just she, she runs all the way over to max's apartment <laughs> it's like what is going on what did you do to me what did you do to me i love i i love the the drama of it it makes those scenes because i feel like it elevates it where you're like okay you know this is meant to be silly and fun and and kind of a play on these vampire tropes and moments and sequences also can <laughs> another part that made me laugh a lot <laughs> is in that same scene kind of where she runs up to the roof and max is telling her about her dad <laughs> and he levitates why does he flick his <laughs> jacket like why is he flapping like a little baby bat <laughs> he's flapping his leather jacket and it's like swishing around his ankles it, looks it looks so silly but like that's the thing though is like it's almost like playing on itself and like i can't yeah. imagine in that moment that he didn't 
think that. It was like, you know, I'm gonna just, just cause, just cause I can. Like, haha. Oh my God, it's so funny. Cause he could have just levitated. He could have just levitated and not cool. moved a single limb. But no, he chose to do the flourish. Right. Cause it, it looked cool when he was just levitating. Like, mm -hmm. just, as soon as he goes up, you're like, oh shit. Okay, cool. He, I mean, we knew he could levitate and fly already, but this is the first time we've really like seen him. Yeah, and it's in a dramatic it. moment of like presentation yeah. and everything. The music rushes up, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Max is really what the fuck is he doing? And then yeah, he's just <laughs> flapping his thing, and Rita's just staring at him the whole time. She's shook. See, now I have to, I have to be under the thought here. That they shot that way after some of the other stuff that they shot. <laughs> so at that point, he probably had an, an inkling for what kind of movie this was going to be at this point. And was like, let me, for this moment, I'm going to lean into it a little bit. And let me have yeah. some some fun. Um, But, yeah, he, I do, like, I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. Because in the grand scheme of things, I mean, this is going back a little bit. But in the grand scheme of things, Rita and Justice are obviously like our our end game couple. They are the ones who are going to be together at the end. So they have very the storyline and the chemistry that they set up with them throughout the movie has happens at a really nice pace. But I think it was very obvious that they were going to end up together. So you never really question if oh, if Rita's going to get with Max or like go to the dark side because they've set it up with justice so well and you don't get that same time with them, with Rita and Max until, of course, the the big romantic night where he's a whining and designing her. He did set her up for a good night there. I'll I, I give Max that. He, he laid it all out for that evening. Yeah. Well, I think my girl Rita seemed like she was like everything you know what all max has to offer is money money Facts. you know and that's true that's true yeah because everything he does well i guess he pret he pretends that he's like into art and that he's into all this stuff and i guess in some ways he is this version that she like never is able to be because of the way that she's lived her life she's like never left brooklyn and he's been all over the map and stuff but mm -hmm. once again max is just boring he's just <laughs> a boring guy but at the same time i guess dracula was a boring True. guy as well dracula is very very much a, a dry english muffin like there's nothing <laughs> going on there so brand what would almost yeah, <laughs> go so far as to say almost say he is the brand for the vampire community, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, I think you can make the argument too of like the natural progression of the relationship of Julius and Rita versus what I would call the forced relationship between her and Max. I think you can really tell the difference there. And so it makes it, it makes it difficult when you don't know that she's under hypnosis for at least it did for me to believe that she'd be going for this guy in the first place or that she'd even give this person all this extra time and energy despite all the things that are happening in her life right because he's just kind of sabotaging her whole life setup mm -hmm. while he's around and so every time something goes wrong of course he's going to be there to pick up the pieces because ta-da he's the one that broke it but it's still i don't know it, it I, later on 
it didn't bug me as much. It was really more a symptom of like the earlier scenes when they did not know each other at all, where I was like, I just don't see the chemistry here. Um, I think as naturally as they spend more and more time together, they do have more reasons to associate with each other. So I can like accept it a little bit more. But yeah, it was just something that I thought of while watching and like watching their dynamic with each other. And I guess they too say too that they're, I guess they are destined to be together, like her and Max, that Mm -hmm. it was always meant to happen. At the same time, I guess as because she technically is the last vampire besides him. So maybe Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I don't really have a choice. Like, hopefully... Hopefully she's cool. And then he gets her and he's like, yeah, I, <laughs> <Sure>. I like her. <laughs> yeah, she's just, she'll do. <laughs> not like I got many options here, but you know what? She's not bad. I mean, she's Angel not bad Bassett. at all. <laughs> and they also, too, in this movie, it's you kind of have to be chosen to be a vampire. Like, even mm-hmm. if they bite you, it doesn't really mean anything to be. And we kind of talked about this before. To be a vampire, it's like a a race, a superior race for them. So Mm -hmm. they don't let you become a vampire unless they basically decide you you can be a vampire. Mm -hmm. So he's biting people left and right in this movie with no consequences because they just die. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's the consequence, but not for him. <laughs> a slight consequence, I suppose. A slight consequence. But there's no extra vampires running around, which I actually kind of liked. Yeah. I like that because it makes it, it, it's set in Brooklyn and it makes it where there's a side story of these people think there's this murderer running around the city and it's this extra element of them trying to solve this case because all of these people are just actually dead and he's killing people in all of these different ways so there's no mo or anything and then they realize later it's a vampire yeah that's kind of cool though i'm I'm gonna throw it in there Uh, i shouldn't pick at this plot too much but they very early on are like when they first see that uh or when they're first investigating the crew that got killed they're like all the bodies were drained of blood. Okay. Uh, even in the 90s, I feel like you hear that and you think, huh, maybe vampire. And then the fact that they make a Black Hilo reference in the movie uh, leads me to now that you've made that reference establish. Okay, so the characters in this movie know what a vampire is. So if we know that vampires are a concept and you have a ship full of people from a foreign place where everyone is drained of blood, I do not think you need the entire precinct to figure out what may be causing this. You're telling me that you would say it was vampires? Yeah, okay, yeah, look, yes, I know, I know. It's like you say that, no one's going (laughs) to believe you, right? But the fact that nobody brought it up as an option, not one person was like, hey, you know what sounds a lot like this situation right here? Vampires. Well, but Rita kind of, she believes that for for a good amount of the movie. She kind of feels that vibe and Justice makes her feel like she's, Justice and the captain make her feel like she's losing her mind <laughs> for it. As, yes, that, that is true. That is true. And they also have the like um, trauma that she's been through as like a backup for like, oh, maybe she's, you know, just having a hard time, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say nobody else thought vampires, <laughs> not a single other person. Saw well, that case just in passing was like, 
Damn, that sounds a lot like Dracula. It it also doesn't help that Silas is like, oh, it was a huge wolf. Okay, that that's turned right. into Silas a human. He <laughs> did turned into a human because if if I heard that, I wouldn't think vampire. I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, so maybe it was like a wild animal, and you thought you saw it turn into a human. But yeah, he he already makes them kind of feel like it's silly to even think. It could be like, oh, a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help that Silas wears glasses and his glasses have a huge crack in them because it's like people, they're probably thinking, what did you really see? So, yeah. It was a wolf, goddammit, big black thinking ass wolf. The motherfucker jumped off the boat and ran over there. And when it got there, son of a bitch turned into a man. Did the flip flop shit on me. Just like a whole I knew in Detroit back in 62, 63. Did you even have your glasses on? <laughs> but in this same universe, though, we have Ghoul. We got Ghoulius walking around in full undead, and <laughs> in no undead one... fashion. And no one says a fucking word. So you know what? It's maybe Brooklyn, it's on me baby. for thinking. <laughs> maybe it's on me for thinking that these characters would be a little observant of some out of the ordinary shit. Yeah, my bad. Because Ghoulius looks torn the fuck up <laughs> for 75% in this movie. He looks how, rough. How did my man get into that club? Who let him in? <laughs> yeah. What bouncer saw his face was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on through. I'm saying guys can't even get into the club with baseball caps on. <laughs> and Goulias, his his limbs and shit are falling off. At that point, I'm pretty sure he's missing his hand. He ain't got no hand, though I... <laughs> I kind of love and hate how he loses his hand, immediately replaces it with a mannequin hand, (laughs) but nobody says shit about it until like the 75% mark of the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. finally, at some point, Max is like, hey, where did you get that hand? You mean the hand that he's had for six scenes up until now? Yes, I would like to know. Where did you get this hand? And I love how Silas cares the least amount of anybody about his <laughs> nephew. His, he is like, he comments on it. He comments on the fact that his ear is gone. You that got his no hand ear. just ripped off. He watches his hand fall off. And he just tells them like, I think you have dropsy. And then that's like <laughs> the extent of, of him <laughs> giving a fuck and trying to diagnose him and he's like oh well just make sure my rent is paid and we'll call it a day you know okay talking more and more about silas as a character maybe having him as the first eyewitness didn't help the case i'm I'm willing to admit that yeah he's not the most reliable of sources (laughs) (laughs) and i mean it sucks because he's yeah that is literally exactly what happened but yeah it's the more that you hear him talk, he definitely is a person who likes to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to f- know if what he's saying is true or if he's just making shit up on the fly. Um, but, dude, at the, every time we saw Gullius and he was just in a in a crazy state, I was just wondering. I was like, what is his what is he going to look like? By the end of this movie, and I was not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the makeup on him was actually really good, mm-hmm. and the progression of makeup on him was also really really good. I I liked the journey 
Uh, I, I think I mentioned that earlier, but I, I enjoyed the physical journey that we got to have with Julius's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. But and then he becomes the new vampire. Mm-hmm. By- Which that I remembered that 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 last mm-hmm. bit. I don't know if maybe I just caught the ending of this movie on TV or whatnot, but I remembered that whole like the ring into that that part. I remember that. I remembered that. that like it was. Does it make sense? I don't know, but I remembered it. Was he, <laughs> was he implying that now that he's a vampire, his his dick is like the perfect size or something? Yes, he was most definitely implying, or he was implying that the ghoul lifestyle somehow grew his gonads or some shit like that. I don't know, but mm-hmm. the implication was definitely made that his junk is two sizes bigger than whatever it was before. Is Goldilocks approved? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> but he does also. Once again, I have to mention it. He does also acquire an accent <laughs> in the last couple of seconds of this movie, and then he says, "God damn it!" No reason. There's no. no reason for it. And I was like, why? I mean, at that <laughs> point in the movie, why not? <laughs> it did make me chuckle. I'm not going to lie. But okay, let's talk about like our ending with Max and Rita and Justin. Yes. Real quick before we do, um, just I, I have to power through a couple um, notable moments. Oh, yes, um, because do. they're. There, there are there are a few um, for for the, all the nitpicking that's coming with this movie. Um, there are some gem moments that I really enjoyed. Um, whether or not they're meant to be funny is totally up for debate. But for me, they were hilarious. One part was before the entire Nikki scenario happened. Um, him spying on them through the window, the way he like kind of crawls down that window <laughs> like a praying mantis. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, there's just some, like, I I don't know what, if it was, like, his makeup or if they use, like, a, like, a doll for that. But it just looks weird, man. Yeah. It's 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 fucking hilarious. Also, they really wrote Nikki. Her only defining trait is horny. Right. (laughs) I'm saying. They said Nikki, early 30s, horny, is, like, probably what the character (laughs) breakdown said. Because she is ready to have sex with anything and anybody who even looks in her direction which hey like more power to ya it mm-hmm. just it's the moment we meet her that's all she is and she we like know nothing else about her <laughs> yeah i i think that could probably like be in line with maybe some of my potential issues with the uh Rita character too is like maybe this script just needed like w- another once over by female eyes because some of the female characters were a little a little one note, but yeah, compared to the male characters, compared yeah. to the male characters, yeah, who it seemed like had a lot to work with. Um, but in the same realm of our character Nikki, another part that had me absolutely dying, which I don't think it sh- was supposed to, but it's when we actually discover Nikki's body. What? <laughs> Julius, <laughs> Julius, um, uh, sorry, not Julius, um, Justice, Justice. 
justice is called on to like go and view like oh there's a dead on arrival body here you gotta check this out so somebody hands him a camera and <laughs> he takes the camera he looks up and you see Nikki kind of like Jesus pose, like up on, I don't know what, what scaffolding she's on, but she's there posed. And all, all you get from Justice is just a, damn, yeah. Nikki. <laughs> he's like, oh shit, damn, Nikki. Nikki. That's like, <laughs> and that's, it, that's the whole, and that's and the end cuts. of the Nikki arc. Yeah, we and never then it immediately cuts <laughs> to the next scene. There was something about the way that line was delivered that had me in absolute shambles. Damn. I was dying. Nikki. It is really like <laughs> it is really dramatic. It's and it's like it it makes sense that he would react that way. You know, I think it's just the way that he has this big old camera in his face. <laughs> And it cuts back to him and the camera's still in his face when he's saying those lines. <laughs> so all you see is the lens and then like the side of his face and he's just, damn. Damn, Nikki. Nikki. And then it brings the camera down. Oh, but that shit, that shit had me weak. I, I enjoyed the Nikki arc for how random and unnecessary it was. I was like, there were some golden moments in that. Were there any, were there any standout moments for you before we go into the ending, actually, of like comedic gold that you enjoyed? <laughs> um, I really just like all the moments, once again, all of the moments of Rita running just <laughs> had me had me thrown i really really like i mean this is kind of in like the ending bit but i love the part where julius's eye falls out and he's like keep an eye keep, keep a lookout for my eye and then justice immediately stand like steps on it <laughs> he's like damn man i like i like i liked that a lot and i mean kind of going into the ending um with like the conflict and everything you know we we hit this climax point where in order to, for everything to work, um, Rita needs to drink blood. We mm -hmm. that that's the end goal. He needs her to feed so that he can finally have another vampire, and then you know, I guess have vampire babies and get the vampire train moving again. Um, but in these last moments, Rita is like, "No, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go down this route. This isn't me," et cetera, et cetera. And so we have this kind of like tug and war of like she's trying to escape Max, but um, she's also weakened by the fact that she's not feeding on people. So Max is very easily able to just scoop her up. And then it's up to uh, Justice and uh, what was his name? Tycho? Kiko? Justice and Dr. Zico Vampire Slayers. <laughs> Zico Vampire Slayer, yes. It's up to Zico and Justice to stop um, Max and his plans. And there was a moment in here where um it's it's when it's when zico stabs uh max and misses right doesn't manage to kill him and i absolutely adored the little line. i don't know if it was specifically written that way or if eddie murphy ad-libbed it ad-libbed it with the this is my stomach this is my heart stomach heart stomach heart like i love that bit and the reason for it was because that for me 
was the max that I wanted for the entire movie. Mm -hmm. That like equal blend of like, I'm a serious vampire, but also I'm Eddie Murphy and I'm allowed to be funny. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, yeah, we get bits and pieces of that throughout. Like one of my favorite moments of that is when they're in the club and Rita has kind of rejected Max and Julius comes up and he's like, he doesn't need you anyway. He's got, (laughs) he's so popular. He's got like hoes all around town and Max is getting irritated with it. Like Mm -hmm. I, I wish we got more of that stuff because that shows like Max's personality because I'm like, I want, I want more personality mixed with the vampire because as it stands, all he is is a vampire Mm -hmm. and then you get like bits of his personality and I wish it was the opposite where you got a lot of his personality with vampire moments. Yeah, I do kind of wish that I know it's against what he was trying to do, but I wish we had another take of this movie where Eddie Murphy just leaned into his comedy and just let it be a comedy. I, I God, I wonder what that would have been like for one for the movie and then one for the character of Max. Mm-hmm. Um, just to explore it again, that that was that was a thing for me. It's like, man, I know you don't want to be funny, but you're so funny, and I love when you I love when you lean into it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 fair. I. Like, I I do, like, that would have been nice, but I do also wonder if that would have been too much with too much. everything it may have that just, we're getting from everybody. It may mm. have just become, like, an Eddie Murphy movie at that point yeah, instead of, it, like, what we oh, got. Ahead. Yeah, it might have just been, like, oh, now all these characters are battling to be, like, the big personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do definitely feel like they could have found a middle ground that would have been sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we get this final battle. And first, okay, Max in his full form, what? He is contoured the fuck up. His <laughs> cheekbones are chiseled. He is like <laughs> Nah, that had to just be that the, the nod the nod to Blackula. They I feel like they felt like they had to do it. That had me cackling when I, <laughs> when he stepped out of the shadow and his face was like, because I just I just thought that he always looked like he normally did in the movie. I didn't mm-hmm. know he had a final form. <laughs> so when he walked out of the shadows like that, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe it. He looked like he had gone to like the Mac counter and had someone <laughs> beat the shit out of his face. But. It, and especially because Rita's is much more subtle than that. Rita's is mm-hmm. like just her forehead, but Eddie Murphy's entire face is is vampirified. But so I guess originally they were gonna have the final battle be on the Brooklyn Bridge, and then their budget got cut for that. So then they moved it to the apartment. I actually don't mind it being in the apartment. I think it works, you know, still for me but mm-hmm. let me ask you this why they fraggle rock their hair why did <laughs> rita and max's hair <laughs> have all that volume <laughs> that it had never had before they look like they allowed max's relaxer to get wet and then <laughs> rita her hair is just it's like sticking up everywhere at, 
what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did get a rain scene not too long ago, so maybe we're at the residual effects of that. I, I, I don't know, dude. We made some weird choices in the <laughs> 90s, you know? <laughs> I just love how they're like, okay, we got to show that they're like fully vampires now. And they're like, let's mess up their hair. Get the then spray. Once, get the spray. Because <laughs> then once Rita is back to her human form her hair goes back to normal <laughs> and then i love i love how when max is dying like full-on dying mm -hmm. his hair gets the biggest we've ever seen it be it ever get <laughs> and i was like interesting <laughs> i also i think i read somewhere that eddie murphy actually really hated that wig i could be incorrect about yeah. that but i no, do recall did coming across that somewhere it might be on like the imdb or something like that but he yeah. was like he could not stand that wig he definitely hated the wig and he thinks that that is a lot of reason why people like could not take his character seriously was because of the wig i actually like it's so obviously a wig like you can see the edges and shit but like i really <laughs> didn't care because <laughs> i was like yeah you know he's it fits this vampire kind of aesthetic that he's trying to go for mm -hmm. um i will put on record for myself it was not the wig that soured the movie <laughs> not the wig <laughs> the I was, wig oh, was not the culprit i was waiting when when julius turned into a vampire in the end i was like is this smoke gonna clear and he's gonna be <laughs> wearing any Murphy's wig <laughs> he's not he's not but <laughs> I, I almost was like is the wig just like a, a vampire, <laughs> a vampire <thing?"> wig. <laughs> what a twist that would have been at the end if the wig was the vampire the entire time oh my god i would have i would have died laughing if that <laughs> simply had, perished if he had been wearing that wig oh my gosh it would have been a wrap but you know what's funny is like the fight scene is kind of kooky, right? Doesn't make too much sense. Um, but the ending doesn't bother me that much. Even the even the the kind of secondary like epilogue with Julius for the nature of the the movie, I I was I was with it. I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. All of this ended the way that I would have assumed it would end, and I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. It made sense. And I was like, yeah, I, I definitely can see how it makes sense that it's like they didn't kill all the vampires, that it continues. And it makes total sense that it would be Julius. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Let the man have a little bit of fun. He's been decaying the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie. Let him does have a little bit of a good time. <laughs> does the ring part make sense to me? Absolutely not. But do I give no. a shit? Not really. <laughs> right. Because then it's like, oh, so you have to have the ring to be mm -hmm. a vampire. because, And I assume it's because... He has a little bit of Julie or not it, because Julius has a little bit of Max's blood True. inside of him. Like, I wonder if that's why he's able to put the ring on and kind of ah. continue going from there. Maybe. Like, I imagine if someone else just put the ring on, it wouldn't do that. But Julius was kind of was linked to Max in some yeah. way. So that's I'm assuming fair. that's why. It could be. And it's like, it's almost getting our vampire wig in a way. It's like we get a vampire <laughs> ring instead. The new but. wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it seemed like 
I know I, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of things where people like Wes Craven really enjoyed working on this movie. I know Eddie Murphy really enjoyed working with Wes Craven. And it, it honestly seems like everybody had a good time, which I think Eddie Murphy, maybe not so much, but all the other actors, it seemed like they had a good time. And I feel like that does show in the you know final product of this movie is that people are just kind of really doing it and like mm-hmm. going for it and especially too i think with like with kadeem and with john witherspoon that they're just going for it and like yeah. having fun and and enjoying themselves which makes those to- moments really enjoyable for me like i love watching actors when you can clearly tell that they're like relishing in this like ridiculous scenario. It's the same thing that I felt about Demon Knight where it's like, it just feels good when people are embracing these ridiculous things that are happening on scene mm-hmm. or on screen. Yeah. Because it just makes it so much more enjoyable for the audience. I do have to mention though, that there was unfortunately a really horrific accident on set. Um, one of the stunt women that it was actually the stunt double for Angela Bassett um, while performing a stunt that went wrong. She did unfortunately pass away. So uh, my our condolences to her family, but I did want to bring that up because, you know, I'm, I'm, I am sitting here and saying, oh, it sounds like it was such an awesome experience, but I do think it's important to point out that not everything went well on set and not everything always goes smooth on set. And I also think that it's important to bring these things up because safety on sets can always be improved. And, and even saying that, like, going off of this idea that it wasn't like a perfect set. I did read a lot that Eddie Murphy, this was kind of almost a means to an end for him. I think this was his last deal with Paramount. He had to make mm-hmm. one final Paramount picture before he could make The Nunny Professor. Right. Um. So it, although it does seem like he really, really wanted this movie made, it also kind of seems like he wanted it made his way a specific way and mm-hmm. so it also seems like there is maybe some as far as Wes Craven um speaks very highly of Eddie Murphy says that he really enjoyed working with him so does um Kadeem Hardison says that he had a fantastic time working with him Eddie Murphy was like one of his idols um so it just I guess it just kind of depends on who you were on set if you had a good experience with him or not but at the same time, I, I, I think he gave, like, the performance he gave, I don't think that you can you could say, oh, you could tell he was ready to be done with this movie. Like, he still gave mm-hmm. a, a good performance. And although this movie was not successful at the time, it has since become a cult classic. And I think that that is just because people kind of accepted it as it, as what it is as time went by and didn't expect certain things. But you know what? I could 100, I didn't watch a trailer for this, but I 100% could see people seeing that this is an Eddie Murphy vampire movie and expecting an Eddie Murphy vampire movie Mm -hmm. and then getting there and being like, wait, what is, (laughs) 
What are this we? This is a kind of Eddie Murphy yeah, this vampire. Sort movie. of an Eddie Murphy vampire movie, but also I am confused. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like a lot more people as time has gone on have embraced it for its silliness and melodramaticness, and you like that. Let that be the charm of the movie. Right, I agree with that, and I, I'm happy to see that as well because again. There are there are some issues with this movie, but there is a lot of charm and there's a lot of fun to be had with this. Um, so all in all, not upset at all that we mm-hmm. decided to visit this movie, um, especially because now the scenes as an adult are very much burned in my brain. Um, there are there are pieces of this that I will not forget, and I'm actually okay with that. Because <laughs> yeah. some of them are absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, and and it's nice to see such a predominantly black cast that is because every major role in this is a black actor Mm -hmm. and even most of the minor roles there are a few that aren't but the characters that are important to the story are black characters and it's really nice to to see that it's you know it's really exciting to see movies where that is the culture that's the cast and that you can feel that they had a part in the the writing or the lines or maybe they just let them be themselves and just kind of speak because it does feel like the way that they talk in this movie i it mm-hmm. feels very authentic it feels yeah. like black people wrote this cuz they did but then also like the actors were able to kind of bring themselves into it mm-hmm. and that's awesome like i i really enjoyed that yeah, I definitely agree with that, too. I, I had a line, or sorry, I had a note that was, some of the lines were a bit cringe in their writing, like just how the yeah. lines themselves were, but I felt very comfortable and at home with the conversational tone that was adopted for this. And, like, mm-hmm. it, it it is refreshing. The main line that made me cringe was when Rita and Justice are kissing, and he's like, Rita, do you know what you're doing right now? And she's like, I'll make the rules up as I go. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Like, I give it to you. I give it to Angela Bassett for, like, saying that line and Mm -hmm. being authentic. But just the way it was written, I was like, yuck. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. There is definitely some cringe. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Okay. But what are we going to rate this out of? I'm throwing vampire wigs into the into the ring as my suggestion. Yeah, vampire <laughs> wigs. That's the yes. one. <laughs> uh, unless there's a challenger, unless there's a vampire no. wig challenger, I'm here for it. No, I'll I'll do vampire wigs. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Very nice. Um, all right, who shall go first? You want me to go, or do you um, have the, the fire? Choice, the choice is yours. Whichever okay. you prefer. Uh, yeah, screw it. I'll go first. Okay. After all this talk, after all this fun, <laughs> um, I believe I am going to give Vampire in Brooklyn 2.8 out of 5 vampire wigs. And now, <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out here. 
this movie was a lot of fun. That's that's the first thing I want to say is like this movie was a lot of fun. I had a blast watching it. And for some of the stuff we said towards the end there, I do want to echo that too. It's like it is very nice to see a bunch of black faces on screen, not black face black faces on mm. screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clarify just that. Just to be clear, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seeing all these predominant these roles um played by black people is it's very nice and refreshing. And although I think the script is all over the place, I think these characters are absolutely wild. I think a lot of the stuff in this movie doesn't make sense. Um, It brought me a lot of joy. And this is, I I think, one of those movies that, for me, if I watch it more and more, it could become a cult classic for me. I think there are certain aspects of it that will age with time and more viewings of the movie. Because this is something that... Even though my ratings on the lower side, it's not. It's it wouldn't stop me from watching this movie. Like I would watch this movie again in a heartbeat. Like it's a lot of fun to me, Um, but it does have its flaws. And for that, I want to stay fair with my rating there. But yeah, two point eight vampire wigs out of five from me. All righty, um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to give it a three point two vampire wigs um out of five okay i i agree this is like a this is a fun movie it's it has some really fun ideas and some great execution of said ideas especially when you start to get into the ideas with the supporting characters and kind of the situations that they're going through i think that that aspect of it is really fun I do just, however, think that this movie, for me, it lulled a little bit at times, and you would get these blasts of really fun bits and really fun lines and moments, but it did feel a little long to me sometimes. It didn't always hold my attention, and I think that Although I I do like the mismatched tone because I do think that that does add to the charm. And like I said, it makes some parts of it that I I don't know if they're meant to be funny, but it made them really funny to me just as a result. And I mean, it is just a funny movie. Like the the lines are are funny in, in some spots, but then fall flat in others. However, I just think that some of the characters aren't as strong as others. And so I was found myself kind of waiting for certain characters and certain storylines to come back mm-hmm. and was like kind of just trudging through the other parts to get back to those. So I feel like this is a movie that I'd probably throw on, like I, like I said earlier, just to kind of have on in the background and like to, to watch kind of while I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. Because... It has moments that I feel like will catch my eye and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I need to watch this part. But other moments of it, I could skip probably. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 3.2 wigs. Vampire wigs. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Not just wigs. Not 3.2 just. vampire wigs out of five. Fair enough. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's it's got comfort movie vibes for, for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, most definitely. Yes. Agreed. Oh, also one more thing, too, just um, in the realm, too, since we did some shout outs at the beginning. um, Something I found out kind of recently is the late John Witherspoon's son, J.D. Witherspoon, actually is very active on like 
um, all the social medias like Instagram. He has a really awesome Twitch page that I came across not too long ago. Um, so just in the realm of shout outs, um, he is an awesome content creator and you guys should check him out if you haven't already. Oh, nice. Very good. All right. Well, that's it for Vampire in Brooklyn, guys. Um, not to be confused with Vampires versus the Bronx, which... <laughs> Almost watched on accident, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that is Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, We would like to know what your guys' thoughts are on this movie. And do you agree with our feelings about Eddie Murphy as a vampire? Is, I think, what I'm most interested to hear (laughs) from you guys. True, true. Um, but if you want to talk about it, you can reach out to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or you can always slide into the Discord. We're always chatting up in there about all things horror. And it's a good place to talk to not only us, but some other homies. So if that sounds like something you'd be into and you want to discuss this movie further, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. You can also email us if you'd like. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. And it's Monday, which means we're on Twitch, we're playing spooky games, and we're probably drinking. Uh, We stream every single Monday. We like to hop on chit chat with you guys and just kind of unwind from the day while playing some spooky games. Usually we also go a little bit more in depth about the movie that we talked about that week. So if you guys want to check that out, you can also find the link for our Twitch and our social media bios. And last but not least, If you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave both or either or. Um, The more ratings and reviews we have, the better it gets more people suggest or it suggests our podcast to more people. And also, we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and have not yet done that, we would very much appreciate it. Or if you listen to us on Spotify, you can head over there and leave a rating. Just go to our podcast right under our names. You'll see some stars. Click on that and you can rate us on Spotify as well. But that is it for us this week, homies. We hope that you enjoyed our Vampire in Brooklyn breakdown. And we will be talking to you guys later. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.